and his chair was lifting. And I'm going, what am I going to do? His chair is lifting. And his friend goes, just let him go. And so the chair went up and I went under the legs because I was thinking, who is lifting him up? Episode 25 with Inga Crossan of the Wallachia Development Center. Welcome to the Multidimensional Evolution Podcast with me, Kim McCall. The premise underpinning discussions on this podcast is that life extends beyond the physical dimension, that death is not the end of life, that we are all connected energetically with each other, both in the physical dimension and across dimensions, and that there is a purpose to our life that involves growth, healing and assistance to each other. We will be having conversations to expand your consciousness, help you reconnect with your essential self, and live life as an integrated, multidimensional human being. But given the subject matter, a request. Don't believe in anything, including what is shared here. Experiment, have your own experiences, and always use discernment. The musical introduction to this episode is by Finnish fusion artist Axel Tesloff and his song, Reincarnation. Before getting into today's program, I would like to extend my deepest appreciation to you for listening to these conversations. I am producing this podcast as a way to share information about life beyond the physical, because I believe that this kind of understanding can profoundly enrich our life, help us heal the hurts from our past, and create a more connected, peaceful and loving future. But of course, information alone is not enough. We need to practice, experience, and integrate those experiences. A lot of the people I interview provide some kind of opportunity through courses, coaching, or workshops for you to experience their various offerings. And if anybody you hear on this podcast resonates, I encourage you to follow your guidance and learn some new techniques from them. Apply them in your life. I am also offering some really practical workshops online from time to time with a focus on energy work and the out-of-body experience. If you want to stay in the loop about upcoming opportunities to train with me, I invite you to like my Facebook page, Multidimensional Evolution, which is where I will be notifying any events. Otherwise, if you want to show your support to this podcast, I encourage you to get a copy of my book, Multidimensional Evolution, personal explorations of consciousness. If you're into the topics discussed here, I promise you will enjoy the book too. And now on with today's guest. My guest on this episode is Inga Crossan, who owns and runs the Wallachia Development Centre in the Blue Mountain regions of New South Wales, near Sydney. As synchronicity would have it, she and I grew up in the same part of Germany and towns only about 20 kilometres apart from each other. I say in the introduction to the podcast that my intention here is to help expand your consciousness, and this conversation certainly expanded mine. Physical mediumship is not something I have looked into in much detail before. Inga, on the other hand, has spent the past 10 years working with physical mediums around the world. She herself is now a medium, and she has sat in a few hundred seances with over 20 different physical mediums. She is also a successful businesswoman and her academic education includes training as an intensive care registered nurse, a bachelor of teaching and masters in education and research. 
As a result, she brings a very matter-of-fact and down-to-earth approach to the many remarkable stories she has to share from physical mediumship seances. Stories about the ways in which the non-physical dimension becomes tangibly present to her and others, and also ways in which extra-physical consciousnesses manipulate the physical dimension in both incredible and humorous ways. Versions of physical mediumship have been around for millennia among Aboriginal Australians and other Indigenous and shamanic cultures around the world. It is also a field that is a popular target for sceptics, and there seem to be few detailed studies of these phenomena. Of course, what is presented here is also merely anecdotal, but if we treat the experiences shared by Inga, which are really just a snapshot of thousands of such experiences people report across the world, as data for the interface between physical and non-physical dimensions, they provide all manner of interesting detail about what is involved in communicating and interacting across dimensions, and how we can contribute to that process. This is a fascinating and important area of study and human life, and so I hope you enjoyed this conversation. So Inga, thanks so much for coming on to talk to me about mediumship today. Um, You're welcome. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's an area that I've been interested in, uh, kind of interested in, but I've never, you know, I've got a bunch of books about it, but I've actually never really delved into it so much, you know, myself. And that, that whole relationship between physical people and non-physical people uh, is just really fascinating. So I guess... Um, you know, I, I'm going to ask you about how you came about creating the Wallachia Development Centre where you explore mediumship. But before that, I guess I'd like to know how did you, how did this personally come about? Because it's not something that, uh, you know, most people think about, oh, I'm going to start communicating with with uh, spirits or, you know, non-physical people. How did that unfold for you? Uh, well, I was an intensive care nurse a long time ago, and I would experience people who were passing, for instance, talking about, oh, my mum is here, oh, my husband is waiting, or so on. And at the time, I always was thinking, oh, they're wishing for them, or this or the other. So I wasn't really taking too much notice of it. And then when I um, was in Australia, there was a young man um, who was saying to me, oh, have you heard about mediums? I go, no, don't know what it means. And he goes, well, they speak to dead people. I go, yeah, nah, I don't believe in that. I don't think so. So was this just a... And that was about like... Was this just a stranger who spoke to you about... No, well, it came about... Well, it was, I had a childcare centre, yeah, and okay. this young man came in and he goes to me, like the Australians do, how are you going? And I go, yeah, I'm really, really good today. And so he came back and he goes, I've never heard anyone actually really answering it. And <laughs> I go, well, I feel really good today. You know, I have a really good day. Everybody is happy. It's awesome. 
and he goes, oh, um, you sound very interesting or something rather really weird. And then I go, what makes you say that? He said, I pick up on your energy. And I go, well, I don't even know what that means really. So, And he goes, oh, have you been to a medium? And then I go, well, I don't even know what a medium is. And he said, well, I, I'm in a development class. Why don't you come? And I go, well, what will I do there? You know, he just come. Just yeah. have a look. I feel I should ask you. I went, okay, then. So I met a woman called Imelda. I went to her development class. I learned that I could get actually information I didn't know I have, but not very good. So, you know, don't get that wrong. Okay. <laughs> I just, so then so, she's, so she was talking, sorry. Well, I'm just curious to just to, to, to place that in context. Were you at that stage, you know, were you kind of spiritually inclined? Were you meditating? Were you in any way? No, 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 none of it. So you just walked to the centre and then you met Imelda and she, how did she help you to connect with information that you, how did you? Well, she, I went to her class and, um, she had like, I don't know, maybe 20 people there and they were all sitting around and then she would talk about um, how she connects to the spirit world and how she uh, can get messages if she relaxes and then she made us all sit in a meditation, my first meditation, and um, she would then pair up two people and say, just sit there and just see if ideas come about a person or if you see someone, if you hear someone or perceive, feel someone and just see how you go. And um, so it was quite quick, I think, that I got impressions of, say, a lady standing there or a man standing there, but I never could see them really. I'm not really good. So it was in your minds, it was like in your mind's eye, like in your... Yeah, it's not even that. I think I was more like, because there was no pressure, you get it right or wrong, you're in a class, it didn't matter, and it was fun, she made it fun. And so I would go, oh, I, I get the imp a knowing, a feeling, a knowing, um, there is a lady here and... I think she might be that age. Sometimes I get a number. Sometimes you see. So it took time. I was there a long time. I was went there three years, okay. and then Imelda and I became sort of friends. And then Imelda goes, "Oh, um, I'm going to a séance today." She said to the students, and all the students go, "Oh, what's a séance? What's that? You know, it sounds really good." And and she was then starting to talk about physical mediumship. And I go, wow, that's very interesting. And she goes, oh, no, um, you can't go there. You need to be invited. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and then she goes, but there is a trans demonstration. So I go, what is trans? Well, just come and see. So I went to this church in North Sydney. Uh, and there was a gentleman sitting in a chair. David Thompson is his name. Sitting in the chair. And saying, okay, I'm going to go in trance and my friend William will come and speak to you. And I'm going, this is all really weird. But then while I was sitting there, the voice changed 
and I could see his face become really old. So I didn't say a word to my friend next to me. I said nothing. I just listened to William. We could ask some questions, but I didn't. And then William left and David started speaking again. So then my friend said to me in the car, my God, did you see how that face changed? Right. And yeah. I go, oh, okay. I actually saw that, but I didn't want to say it because I felt silly. So she goes, no, it was really changing. So then he made us said, we're going to a seance. And I go, oh, I would love to go. And she goes, yeah, you can't go. There's only certain people invited and that. And um, by coincidence, I met David and his circle leader. And David said to me, oh, I have a seance. Do you want to come? And I go, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. I don't really know what it is, but it sounds really good. So I went to David's house and there was another German guy. And he was very, very German, like very German, yeah? yeah? So David said, oh, the two Germans, you checked the room. And this boy checked the room for 45 minutes. I was so embarrassed. He <laughs> turned everything upside down. He turned the whole cabinet, you know, where the yeah. medium sits. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we can set the scene a bit for that. Um, I mean, I've never been to a seance like that, right? So... So checking the room. I invite you when I have an opportunity. <laughs> okay, that would be lovely. Yes, I'd love to come. Checking the room means to basically to make sure checking there the isn't room. any trickery going on, right? There isn't any no machinery trap, or no trap doors, no extra people hanging about somewhere, no doors where somebody could walk in or windows. Then they're sitting in a box. It's called a cabinet. So. The guy turned it upside down, tapped it down, pulled it out of the corner, looked on the top everywhere, turned a chair around, the pillows, every seat for a sitter. He turned it upside down. Oh, he was so busy. So, so the medium and, sits in a cabinet in a in a box mm -hmm. that is yeah, in a box. Yeah. And then there are people. That could, can you describe the yeah describe the process a bit so then you went yes in. so then so first we and check out the room that there is nothing what could come in yeah um so then David would talk about um that how dangerous it is to work with ectoplasma because it's connected to the medium. So if you suddenly touch it, it can recoil into the body of the medium, which can cause severe burns. Helen Duncan died from it. She was a big medium in her time, in war times. So he was giving us a little lecture about all that. All the other people had been many times. So certain things he left out, for instance, that it was pitch black. Right. So I'm walking in there. I didn't know it was pitch black. So um, then he was talking about his guide, William, who has been with him for a very long time, and that there was another communicator called Timmy, who is a young child who, has, who was run over by horse and carriage long time ago, 1800-something. And so they would be there, and then there would sometimes other people come into the seance who visit other spirit people or relatives would come 
And so he was explaining all that and I was very much thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? Where am I going? And so then everybody was checked. Every person was checked. So they didn't bring metal into the room. So you can't have rings, bells, earrings. Uh, because metal can interfere with the energy and creates a static, okay. which also is can be harmful for the medium. So he was talking about that. Then we all got checked. So we had no metal on us. Then the medium was checked by some sitters who were there so that he doesn't bring anything into the room. And so then he sat in the chair. Now, in David's case, and for people who had nothing to do with physical mediumship, I agree, it sounds really weird. So David gets placed in the chair. He sits in the chair. It's an armchair. He puts his arms on the armrest, and they tie him with cable ties. Okay. Then they tie the legs to the chair legs. This is to protect the medium, not by accident when the body spasms hit the ectoplasm, which then might recoil and cause burns. So, but it is also for the sitters, that the sitters know whatever they experience within the room is not the medium. Yeah? Yeah. So, I was by then thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> what is happening here? And then um, in David's case, he's also gagged so that you know the voices you hear in the room is not the medium. Also, he wears an old, he has a knitted jumper, woolen jumper, and the buttons and the holes get tied up with cable ties. I didn't know why that was. I found out later. And so then curtains is closed. All the sitters sit down. They all hold hands so you know where everyone is. And then he placed me <laughs> with the back to the door so nobody could go out, yeah, so, wow. because I was the new one. Yeah. So nobody could go out and then um, they turned the light off. And so everyone was singing the songs they were playing and they were quite loud. And then suddenly I feel that somebody's standing in front of me, but obviously I can't see. Yeah. And then this man says in German, Guten Abend. Oh my God, my heart went. 200 beats a minute. And I'm just looking up and I, oh, guten Abend. <laughs> and then he goes, do you believe I am real? I go, I really don't know what I believe. This is just so weird to me. I really don't know what I, I should believe. First of all, you're so much taller than the medium. The medium is quite short. We are all holding hands, so that's not it either. So I don't know. So then... He stomped his feet. The whole floor was shaking. And I go, you know what? I believe you will. Just, I believe it. I 100% believe you will. And he goes, oh, okay, that was easy fixed like that. <laughs> and then he said his name was William. He addressed many of the people he knew. Then he was saying, uh, we're trying to bring some loved ones through for you today. Um, so keep singing. 
you know, see what we can so, do. So what are you so singing? Then you, what are you singing there, Inga? Are you singing a sort of hymn? Any religious no, songs? Or, no, yeah. Abba. Abba, okay. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> really, some some med some physical mediums that will have real churchy songs or um, spiritual songs. Many others have. Um, just songs everybody would know, so they all can sing. Right. So then this young person comes, this young voice, his name is Timmy, and he goes, um, I'm going to come around now and show you my hands. Be aware how big the medium's hands are. So then this little boy comes around and shows this, has this luminous ball in his hand and shows his hands. And they're like little, you know, like kids' hands, maybe. So all, so all you're seeing is his little hands floating past or what? Holding a ball and coming yeah. across and then holds with the other one the ball and shows you the hand. And I couldn't see very well. And I go, oh, I didn't see that. He goes, lady, it's time you get some glasses. <laughs> And I said, and you are very rude, young man. <laughs> and um, so he showed his hand. Then he walked around and he stepped on everyone's foot. So he had these tiny little boots on, these small kids' boots on. And um, then, then he said, oh, somebody is coming. We don't really like him because he is rude, but he comes anyway. And I was holding... I was holding the next lady to me. I was holding her hand. And this gentleman comes out and, oh, my God, he was so funny. He wasn't quite rude, but so funny, hilarious. And he said his name was Quentin Crisp. I never heard that name before. So... Um, he said, oh, he lived in England and he was a socialite and da-da-da. So he was telling his story. And then he goes um, to all the guys, hey, darling, how are you going? So he went around like this. And then he sat down on the lady next to me on her lap. But because my hand was there, he was sitting on my hand. And I was thinking, hmm. I would say for my nursing days, that's a very tall old man. And then I said, I will look this up when I go home because all this makes now no sense to me. But it was just the energy was high. It was fun. Um, there were It was just awesome being there. And so then he... Um, <laughs> He went to that German gentleman who was a little bit uptight and he said, Inge, Inge, go and ask, go and ask Gerhard what I'm doing. And I go, Gerhard, what are you doing? What is he doing? And he goes, I don't want to say. I said, what is he doing? He goes, he's sitting on my lap. <laughs> I'm going, oh, that's hilarious. So obviously then I translated that. Yeah. So, but then Quentin left. And then a lady's son came. That became then really emotional. Like he was talking to his mom in his own voice. Um, she was very upset. Um, so they were exchanging what was happening in her life. And he was talking about that he could observe that and he could see that. And so that was really good. 
Then some other people, I can't remember all of them. Some other people came. And then William said, so now we will close. And I sat now against the door. The door was in the back. And like three meters, four meters in front of me was the cabinet with the medium in it. Yeah. And then with an absolutely thump, this chair went to the ground in front of me, out of, obviously out of nowhere. I don't know where the chair came from. And I was, I just, you know, I went, oh my God, what is happening? And then the others go, just wait, just wait. And then so they sang a little bit more and then you hear the medium coughing in front of me. And then the light goes on and there's the medium with his back to me in this super heavy wooden armchair. Tied up to it still. Tied up, all still, except that the jumper was still tied, was back to front. But everything else was still the same. Hmm. And, um, yeah, and so that was my start to physical mediumship and then I was hooked, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I mean, there's quite a few. Uh, so just to be clear, when so everybody's hearing the same voice, right? Everybody in the room is hearing the same voices. Yes, yes. You can, you yes, can discuss yes. it afterwards and you all agree what you heard. And, yep, yep, um, yep. And Definitely, it's very much, yes. And it's called, so it's called physical mediumship because it's basically like there is physical people it's physical. there. Yeah. You can feel the weight of an actual person. It wasn't like a spirit weight. It was a. No, it definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can feel the weight. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. did the medium say where he, where is the medium when this is happening? Does he have any recollection of anything? Well, he says it is like. Uh, every medium is different. So if you have a medium like Kai Müge, for instance, he does holotropic breathing to get himself in a state and he will say, I'm in a room and there's a window and as I'm breathing away, I see the communicator coming through the window, really, and comes closer and closer, and then I drift away. While Gary says, I'm sitting in the chair and I'm waking up. I don't feel Jimmy's energy. I don't hear, I don't see anything, nothing. While David was saying, he goes just into a trend state and then suddenly everything is black. I think they're all very different. They have certain ways how it happens, how long they have been doing it. It becomes easier the longer they do it. Yeah. And so I believe, yeah, they're all different. Yeah. Okay. So so mm. after this experience, clearly it left a huge impression. I was impression. hooked. It left a huge impression. You were hooked. And then did you go and say, I want to start my own development center? Or no, no. Then, um, so that was in 2009 in January. And so in May, I came across accident. I guess there are no accidents. So I came across an advertising for a group who had a physical medium in France. 
in the south of France. So I bought a ticket and I flew to France because I wanted to repeat the experience. So the group was called um, Yellow Cloud Circle and they were in Montcarriol. And so I went to their place and they had three seances there, which were very, very different to what I had experienced. Um, and so when I had been there, I talked to them about coming to Australia, if they were interested to maybe doing a few seances in Australia. And they go, okay, you know, if you want, we come next January. And so when I came back to Australia, I wrote on a group called Physical Mediumship for You by um, Robin Foy. I wrote, oh, my God, if somebody wants to come to a seance in Australia, the boys from France are coming. We're doing three seances. I had 450 requests to okay. sit in the seance. Wow. So then they came. So then I had to actually build a room. So in the three months before they came, I realized, oh, my God, this is much bigger than I thought, not just having three little sits, you know. So I built a room and they came. And I had, um, I had about 20 seances here over three months. They didn't stay for, three, for two weeks. They stayed for three months. We went to Adelaide. We went to Perth. We went to Brisbane. I don't even know where else we went. So we went just around the country a bit. Yeah. Melbourne. And they did seances throughout and so 450 people came and we had 38 yes. seances I think all up and people loved it and so then what, I thought oh wow you said it was quite different but um to to the one with David Thompson what would have been like a main yeah. difference well um Tom for once worked their work heavily with Native Americans so it was very interesting. They said to me, when we have a seance, regardless what seance, in the afternoon, you will see about 30 eagles circling over our building. And I go, really? And they did. Each seance we had in that building, the eagles would be there an hour before or two hours before. So what I found... The, the other seances, you know, people were coming and people were talking and all this was similar to David's, but not as strict as David's. But uh, the one I found with Tom, which was amazing, was Native American Indians, yeah? They're yeah. setting it up. They're saying, uh, we, want to, we want to meet up with our Native American friends. So... There were at that one time there were four people there. There was the medium, his friend, a friend of mine, and me. We sat in a huge room in the middle on four chairs. Then the music started, and we had put tobacco out on a chair far away from us, tobacco. 
no lighters, just tobacco, and had put some drums in there. Within maybe, I don't know, five minutes, if it was that, there were drums playing around us, around and around. People were stomping in front. The room was full of people. There were only four of us. And then Tom, I was holding Tom's hand, who's the medium, and his chair was lifting. And I'm going, what am I going to do? His chair is lifting. And his friend goes, just let him go. And so the chair went up and I went under the legs because I was thinking, who is lifting him up? Who is lifting the chair with the man on it up? But there was nothing under it. So there was tobacco smell, like lots of people were smoking pipes. There There were drums, there was singing, there was dancing. It was crazy. And so then the guy goes to me, the friend said to me, do you want to go for a walk to the other side of the room? I go, no, 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 no. (laughs) I'm okay. There are a lot of people here. And he goes, just let's come. So I was really holding on to him. And I walked all the way through the room. And it was like, like webbing going through my face, like I was going through thick energy, but it was like webbing, not just energy, like webbing. So I was walking all the way. When I got to the end, there was a chair in front of me and the medium was on it. And I go, oh, the medium is here. And the medium was gone. (laughs) So it was... Is this the same medium that was floating up? Is this uh, the same person that was floating up in the other part of the room before? Yeah. Yeah. So... Then he uh, suddenly you hear the medium, they wake the medium, and you hear him in the other side of the room swearing, where am I? What is happening? And they take him back out. Then suddenly he turned up next to me. And then um, there was there were only there were four people, yeah? So we're all holding hands. So then people rocking our chair, and it goes like this, and I'm going, who is rocking my chair? And this voice goes, well, we tried to get your attention, but you're having so much fun. You didn't hear us. And it was yellow cloud. And then he goes, it is beautiful to see so much innocent energy. And I go, this is hilarious. This is so much fun. And he goes, "Um, we have a bit of fun with our medium. Just wait until you turn on the light. So we turn on the light and Tom, who is 64, who is very stiff in his joints, very stiff, sits in a lotus position in front of me. Oh, so funny. (laughs) It was so funny. It took us so long to unravel him and he did not think it was funny. (laughs) But it was just something different. It was just beautiful. Now, I'm I'm curious um, because I work... Uh, with Aboriginal people. And so when I hear this story about these Native American spirits coming over, I'm just curious whether there was ever any process in doing that where the spirits uh, or the medium tried to connect with the local Indigenous spirits? No. I have a friend who who in his spirit team are some Aboriginal people. I know for the fact that they will, uh, when I have sat with him, that they have 
overshadowed his face and I can see them very clearly. Um, but speaking to them, no. Yeah. I was just wondering because quite often it's, it's something that's really emphasised is, um, you know, connecting between the ancestors from one country to another, especially in Indigenous communities. So I was curious whether the, the Native American spirits made any you know, made any point about that or, or established no. any relationship that you were aware of? Yeah. No, no, not really. Yeah. I could, no. Okay. And not so, that time. So, so you, you know, so you went from someone who essentially thought people just saw dead people at their bedside when they were dying because they wished it was that to yeah. going to these physical medium sessions, which really sound like they just radically changed your experience of the world. Um, mm. how, yes, where, sure did. So, so what is your, you know, what perspective did you come to around the relationship between humans and non-physical people as a result of these experiences? Well, from so basically after these experiences in France and with David, I began to chase that experience, yeah? yeah? I would travel to Europe just to sit with a medium. Like I it's not it wasn't luck that I met all these mediums, it was more I was really chasing it. I wanted to know more, I want to experience more. I'm not necessarily such a good learner just by reading something. I need to experience. Then it makes sense and then I can do something with it. But otherwise, you know, it's a little bit different. I find you need to experience these things before you have an opinion about it or before you, yeah, can say something about it. And so I started chasing it because... I had felt the energy, I felt how good I felt, I had seen, um, like when we were here, they, um, there was this woman, she had lost two husbands to suicide and she came to a seance here and nobody knew her, I only found it out after and the music was playing and then I was on the right side of the, on the left side of the cabinet. There was the cabinet and the music was on the right side. And the communicator said to the music lady, turn the music down. And she goes, oh, I can't find a button or whatever she said. So she said, oh my God, somebody is taking the music out of my hand. So a communicator had taken the music out of her hand, turned the music down put on a song which wasn't on the song list and played the song. And then we heard footsteps through the room going to, towards the end of the room, which I later found out the lady was sitting. And this male voice goes, darling, this is our song. She just cried for an hour and a half. That was her first husband and that was their wedding song. Mm. And so they were talking for a little while and then he left. But all these experiences, there are so many, so absolutely amazing. You just really need to experience them. 
you really, really need to experience it. It's just mind-blowing awesome. <laughs> Look, and I mean, this is one of the, the, the guiding sort of principles of this podcast, right, is to have your own experiences. Don't believe in anything. Experiment and experience for yourself. So yes, I absolutely, I absolutely uh, <laughs> embrace that. And yeah. um, but so so obviously, I guess one of the things that's become, uh, you know, you've become for yourself out of having your own experiences has been to feel very confident that life continues after physical death. Yes, yes, hundred yeah. percent. My belief is that. We are really just a point of awareness, I believe. You know, we're more or less just a point of awareness, having experiences. And when I speak to um, the, there was a time we would do a lot of learning from the spirit people. We had a lot of sittings where we just, like the other day, like Saturday, we just ask questions, but we would find a subject. We would talk about, um, you know, how physical mediumship happened or how mental mediumship happened or trans and why they do it and what is the purpose. And, um, you know, so I just think there's so much to learn, so much to learn from the, even from the other races. There's so much to learn about ourselves. Which when is you, just when you say other races, crazy. you mean non-human, non-human. Yeah, concepts. well, yeah. yeah, who are also in the, you know, like I met races who are in the physical dimension, like say the Zetas, or who are just points of light. I have had an experience with a group who was speaks for medium. They're called the Anorians, and they never had a human experience ever. And I was, I sat once with a medium and just me in a big empty room and a medium. And suddenly the communicator said to me, just hold on a minute. And I go, oh, she's making a cup of tea, you know, like, <laughs> so then while I was sitting there on both sides of the room, on my level, the walls became energy. They became like champagne bubbles, nearly. And the, the room is purple, so it didn't look purple. It looked like champagne bubbles all the way. Then the back wall became the same. The cabinet disappeared. The chair disappeared. Then the medium disappeared. So I was sitting in this room on my own, all I was thinking, how I going to explain it to the medium's husband that I lost her? But that was not a preconceived idea of me. That wasn't something I wanted to see. That wasn't something I even thought was possible. And so I was, you know, going on my face and pinching myself and, and turning and so around you were, it now. You, you were not in some sort of altered state of consciousness. No, you hadn't no. meditated. You were just sitting there like no, you are now no, and no, no. everything started to change around you. Yeah. And then it started, the medium came back, the chair came back, everything came back. And then the communicator said, we're going. And I'm going, no explanation. And they go, no. And they left. So the medium comes out of trance and she goes, oh, my God, you, what happened? What happened? You look really white. 
I said, you see, you won't believe what I experienced because I was on my own. And she goes, well, no, I had a good sleep, so it's all good. <laughs> so then weeks later, I had three people with me when the annoyance came. And I said to them, would you please show them what you showed me? Because nobody will believe me. So I would like others to see it and experience it. And they said, no, it was just for you, for your learning. That will be very helpful later on for you. That's it. And so I think I have had a lot of this amazing experience just for learning. And I don't care if people say I'm mad. Nobody can take it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's just so good. Um, and now you, you mentioned uh, uh, physical mediumship, obviously, we've talked about, and then mental mediumship. What does that, what does that mean, that term? Where, mental medium is where a medium connects to a personality who has passed on. Others will say it is the memory of the personality who has passed on. Um, it's an energy imprint. Uh, most people like to believe it is the personality who passed on, who gives messages to the medium to pass on to the sitter. Okay, so that's that's kind of the, the more common scenario where there's a medium that says, I'm seeing someone here, I think it's a man, looks like this. Does the name... It's John your father, your uncle, you? yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's mental mediumship, okay. yes. And then there was a third, what was the other one you mentioned? I think there was a Transmediumship. Oh, yeah, and the transmediumship trans you've already... That's yeah. more like, yeah. I guess, what we call channeling as well, right? When Yeah, where the spirit world can, the energies or personalities from the unseen world, say, yeah. blends with our energy and then the minds blend, so to speak, and they they speak through the medium. Yeah. Or they could, which is physical mediumship, then more so they create a voice box. Have you heard of Leslie Flint? Yeah, no. no. Yeah, Leslie Flint was a very famous physical medium who had a voice box where they used ectoplasm and they replicated his voice box and it was in the room and the loved ones would speak to their loved ones in the room via the voice box in their own voice. Okay. That's also beautiful. It's also very beautiful. I mean, you described uh, when you talked about the, your first David Thompson experience, they were also hearing the, the voices of their loved ones, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And But you see, in, in David's at that time, um, people would materialize like Quentin Crisp and walk out. They built a column of ectoplasm and the personality steps into it. Maybe we should explain then, what ectoplasm is, actually, Inga. What is, what is ectoplasm? It's ect a bit of a mysterious term for, I think, for a lot of people. Well, ectoplasm is a substance which is produced by the pancreas and it is part of the life force of the medium. So it will be extruded from the medium, taken from the medium for the spirit world to materialize within our reality. It's like a link from 
a vibration, say, of a 10 and say we are a 5, the life force, say, be 8, and so the spirit people can use that and anchor themselves in our reality. Right. And I've, I've heard that sometimes mediums actually lose quite a lot of weight after these sessions because of that. Have you done experiments with that? Not after. Gary is hoping very much after, but it's not the case. When it is extruded, they have measured, they have weight mediums that have lost half of their weight. Unfortunately, it's back after this is here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Some mediums wish it wouldn't, but yes, it is. <laughs> Fair enough. It's not a weight loss technique. It would be quite extreme. It's not a weight loss technique. No, no, no. We have done it. I think William was here when we wait. Gary, maybe? Mm. Yeah. And so... So, yes. Did you yourself develop, did you continue to develop your own mediumship or have you been more of a facilitator uh, of other people's mediumship? Well, I am. I feel my role I was given is very much to organize, you know, bring people together for mediumship, for the spirit world, maybe even for other races. Um, I sit for trends. Um, where it will go, I don't know. We see. So you sit for trance, and sometimes you let uh, non-physical yes. people talk through you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And do you have a particular people that talk that you work with when you do that? No, there's a lady I call Lucy, which, um, but then you see, sometimes I think, it, is it your higher self? Like I'm always very, especially in regards to my own mediumship, I'm always question, question, which probably is blocking it very much, to be right. honest. So you're, you're sometimes questioning whether there's actually a, an external person talking through you or maybe a part of yourself that just is more connected and knows more information. And knows a lot more, yeah. So do you have a feeling that you developed a relationship with, like how did Lucy come through into your experience? Um, I had, um, I, I was sitting for mediums who had um, ET and I had built, I built a four by four meter pyramid, which seems to be very conducive to uh, getting voices on a recorder it's very conducive to having uh, uh, materializations even of an ET in that space. I don't know if it is the shape. I don't know why it is. I don't understand it, but it seems to be that way. And um, so one of the mediums have, had left. And so one night I was just sitting with the medium and she said, um, she went into trance and the communicator came and said, oh, would you mind working for us? And I go, oh, I think I'm better a sitter than a medium. And he goes, well, we have worked with you for quite some time. So, so he was talking so through this other medium now or are you yeah, hearing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, through the other medium. And I go, oh, well, I don't really know if that is for me. But, yeah, you know, if you want to try it. He said, all we ask you is sitting Sit in the chair and just relax. So 
trusting as I am, I'm sitting in the chair and an energy comes up my legs and it is like they put me into a PowerPoint. It was, for me, it was super uncomfortable because I was shaking inside like mad. Like it was really quite uncomfortable. And then I had the feeling I was falling off the chair. I was shaking that much. And suddenly I had two hands on each side holding me in the chair. And I remember at the time thinking, okay, I have only one girl with me here. Where do the other two hands come from? That was my thinking. But I couldn't get out of it. So I couldn't get out of it. So it wasn't very long. My friend said it was maybe 10 minutes. But she did not perceive any shaking. She said you were very, very still. But my experience was blending with that higher energy or different energy, whatever you want to call it, was nearly traumatic. So um, when I then, when it settled, I asked her about it and she said, I never left the chair. I said, well, there were four hands holding me in that chair. And I said, I don't think this is for me. And so Imelda then My friend Imelda goes, try one more time. Experience was not much better. It was a little bit better, but not much better. And then I said, you know, I'm never going to be a medium. I don't want to do this. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. And then suddenly I became really, really quiet, like in the chair, really like nearly a trance state, like really, really quiet. And I knew a lady was standing behind me. And she goes, I work with you. And I went, oh, I don't know about that. And so, but I didn't say anything. And then the girls in the room said, oh, there was a lady standing behind you. Her name is Lucy. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the experience I had that there was standing somebody there. And so then I said for Lucy. That's how it started. That's how it started. And so then the next time you the next time you sat down and you invited her in and yes it was uh, it took quite some time this blending and my mind to settle and for actually allowing it and um, yeah and yeah. that's still where I met. So it's a process of really building this relationship with with this other. Well, person. I think yeah. You see, what people forget with mediumship is that. Mediumship also brings a lot of, um, say, issues someone might have. You know, like everyone has abandonment issues or whatever issues people have. And so mediumship often, because it is such a trust thing to do, Mm. to just say, I sit here, somebody just step close, do whatever you like, it's a big thing. Yeah. It is a big thing. And for some people, like for me, it brought up issues and so I had to deal with them first and memories and so on and so on. So it's not as easy as people make it out to be. It's not just sit down, close your eyes, off you go. For some, it sure is. For Gary, it was that way. But for many, it's not. Hmm. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I mean, it's an incredibly intimate relationship this as you describe it blending right it's like blending with mm. another with another person really personality um, yeah 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 it is 
And then the doubt, you know, is it my mind? I don't want to deceive anyone. I want to do the best job for them. I don't want to change their message and so on and so on. There's yeah. a lot to it. If yeah. you're honest, there's a lot to it. Yeah. And I guess that's why you've got development groups, right? So do you, yeah. at the Wallachia Development Centre, do you also run groups to for people or do you just bring in we audience? Have well, I bring in mediums, uh, but we have circles where we sit together and support each other and, you know, say take turns who sits and we sit for them. Um, now, you know what is interesting just about uh, mental mediumship? At the moment, the spirit people talk about that they bring forward physical mediumship with mental mediums. So... I have some friends who have suddenly people speaking in the room, yeah, like via the voice box, or they have reports falling during a mental mediumship demonstration. Yeah. Can I just ask so what you they, say via, via the voice box? Are you talking about the medium's voice box? Is that what you're saying? They're yeah. Talking, but using their yeah, voice. Yeah, external, external voice box. It's like they're making a copy, say, yeah. Of the voice box, and then they take it anywhere. It's still it's a, connected to the medium. But it's a non-physical copy. It's not a physical thing that you can see. It's a, an ectoplasmic copy. Yeah, okay, you yeah. wouldn't necessarily see it. No. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying there's kind of an infiltration happening of mental mediumship into yes. physical mediumship. Yes, that they're, they're blending both together. So I believe. I believe that in the future there will be the possibility for loved ones to be seen and heard next to a mental medium and they can speak to their loved ones themselves mm. because some mediums are already working on that. And is that, would you say that's kind of an initiative that's coming from the other side? That's the. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Everything comes from their side because they do the work. Yeah. We're really not much more than just a channel, just a body they can use. They work with the same as people say, oh, I am so spiritual, you know, I'm a medium. No, no, no. They work with anyone who has the ability and is willing to work with them. You don't have to be spiritual. Yeah. It's not the case. As and much how, as the people love to believe. How do you, how do you uh, determine whether the people that are coming through are good people? You know, there's a lot of talk about Ouija boards, for example, you know, kids playing with Ouija boards and then people coming through that might be mischievous or even downright unpleasant and, you know, being nasty to them. How do you ensure that with this mediumship process? Uh, it is, I guess it's your intentions. It is uh, a little bit, and people don't like to hear it, like attracts like. So you set the intention to work with those who work for the highest good for everyone. Yeah. So if you have, like I said before, you need to look at your issues. You know, the same as when you have out-of-body experiences. You know, it's not all love and light where, where you go. If you already have real strong fears, they will manifest. 
Yeah. They will turn up. So you will have to face them sooner or later. So it is all about, I think it's all about intention. It's your own vibration. Why are you doing this? You know, are you doing it for the betterment of people to understand that we're really much more than a physical form? Or do you do it to be well, well paid or to deceive people? Or why are you doing it? So it's very much like attracts like, I believe. Mm. I could be wrong, but that's mm. what I believe. That's been your experience? So I, I have come across, um, I have sat in a circle with a medium and, well, you could say maybe he was a bit rough around the edges and he was developing to be a trans medium. And... You know, when he would sit next to you, I, I personally say I would feel a bit uncomfortable. Every communicator who would speak to, through him was either a criminal, was an alcoholic, <laughs> like some really colourful language, some really colourful people. And I would go, you know what? enough, I'm not doing this. So um, I left the circle and I think the others also eventually said, you know, no, this is not what you want to attract. This is not what you bring forward. Um, you need to really maybe look at your crap before you, yeah. you know, do this work, really. Yeah. Yes, I mean, so, one, of the, one of the, I guess, big... Um, criteria that I, I like to emphasize is doing some form of assistance with this kind of work, right? Whether we're either helping, um, like you're describing, loved ones get to be reassured or comforted or make peace. Um, and I, I wonder, are there other forms of assistance? Like what are the benefits of these kind of medium sessions that you would see either for physical people or for the extra physical people? Well, um, the way Abraham explains is said you collect karma while you're in your world. You cannot repay the karma until you're on my side of life. So for their side of life, I would say it is extremely um, important to have the opportunity to be helpers or guides for people who they owe something to or who have the same lessons to learn. So say if I had the guide who had to learn whatever, patience, <laughs> then they might would work with me but because we have the same lesson to learn. Yeah. yeah. The same is Hans who works with Kai, he will always say, you think the negativity, the materialism, the greed, the ego, the hate is only affecting your world, but it isn't. It affects our world because all of these people all come to our world eventually. Nobody gets out of that one. Nope. So we then deal with your rubbish, basically. So the more you become open, caring, compassionate, all these things, the better it is for us. He goes, some, once he said in a sitting, he goes, when something terrible happens in your world, 
we see it like dark clouds in the sky. So for their side, it is very beneficial if we can help those who grieve, can't live on because they lost a child. If they have somewhere an understanding that there actually is more to this, they will see their children again. The children are okay. If you want to work with um, someone really interesting is Sonia Rinaldi in Brazil, Sao Paulo. Okay. Absolutely amazing woman. She has created a method to bring in onto her screen children who have passed. Yeah. When you say onto and her screen, onto her screen, you mean they, in, they yes. talk through her? No, she brings she brings pictures she has this setup in her room you really need to look her up okay but yep. she it's amazing so she works with a group in the spirit world there is a north station and south station i think and she will have pictures of children who have passed then a friend of her is a medium who will bring the messages so she links them up and then she puts them on her side and then parents come and say, that's my child. And she will go, what is the story? And then the parents will tell the story and she matches the story and say, yeah, that's your daughter. And so she presented in America last year and she had done a study with 30 young people who had passed and she had one child. She just couldn't, place anywhere nobody was taking their child yeah and i mean they're most of them are teenagers and so she went into this uh, into this conference and she showed all the pictures and she goes you know how she matched the stories and how the research went and she goes i have this one child we can't place we don't know and this woman stands up in the audience and she goes that's my daughter and she had a picture like Sonia had on the screen, the mum had in her wallet. So, Sonia, did she draw the pictures? How did she get these pictures? No, it's like a photo. It, it materialises. It's a materialised photo. Yes, she has. You need to ask her about that. She has a certain way she captures. She right. captures pictures. Okay. It's amazing. It's pretty she incredible. Just, it's pretty incredible, this, this sort of story. Yeah. It's just so awesome. Or, for instance, David Thompson got attacked for a little while by the skeptics, big time. And I said to him, David, why would you go through this? Why, why do you do this? It makes you sick. It can kill you. People attack you all over the Internet. Why are you doing this? And he said, you know, I, had, I met a woman who had a child who was seven who was dying of cancer and she was trying to um, raise money to take her to Disneyland. That was the daughter's last wish to go yeah. to Disneyland. And so David said to this lady, I do a seance for you and whatever money we make, I put towards that. But somehow he never met the child. Somehow it never worked out to meet that child. And then the child Went to Disneyland, the mom said she had a great time 
and she passed. And then a year later, the mom turns up at the seance with her husband. And her husband said, just, you know, David, I don't believe this, but I'm coming to support her. Mm. And during the seance, the little girl materialized, sat on her dad's lap, talked about everything they had done before she passed, the books he read to her before she passed, what he did when she passed. And David goes, that's all I need, now and then, that. Just for doing it. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great explanation. I feel it, it really takes us around... The clock because when you started when you first described the session with david i was thinking wow yeah. that, looks, that sounds really uncomfortable being tied up and strapped up and gagged yeah. and you know so it's quite yeah. a, quite an act of self-sacrifice really to um it is for the, the mental mediums it is it is they're doing a great great job yeah they definitely do a great job physical media the physical mediums, yeah, the trans mediums, all mediums, really. Yeah. They do a good job. Yeah. I think it is very important. And you see, the spirit people say physical mediumship is always really big in hardship years of humanity. First World War, Second World War. They say we are now bringing me physical mediumship back for the next world war coming. Mm. It's pretty ominous. I, mean, I, I feel whether there's a war that comes or there's definitely hardship, uh, a lot of hardship being experienced already, right? Um, yeah. And but it is so important for people to know you really don't die. As much as you might want to, to get out, you're not going to die. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So have you read the book of Eben Alexander? Um, I, I have it. I don't think I've read it. I might have started it. It's a I, good book. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good book. He writes really well. There's many, many good books on the near-death experience um, and on establishing that life continues, continues on the other side. There's a lot of evidence. Out-of-body experiences. Out-of-body experiences. Uh, you know, the reincarnation memories of children, very well documented. So really there is so much evidence. I think if people want to see, the, you know, want to look at the evidence, it's there. And it yeah, really sounds like it sounds like what you're doing is adds something really tangible for people, you know, very personal. Yeah. So tell me a bit. This, yeah. I, I was just going to ask, you know, so right now I'm guessing the Wallachia Development Centre is closed like everywhere else because of the coronavirus. I'm painting. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're when you're open, what do you what do you offer and? Um, you know, how can people well, we find have, out more about you? Well, we have a website, um, Valencia Development Center, and we have had actually like nearly two years break because we were traveling a lot and I'm uh, Gary's uh, circle leader, so we have been traveling a lot in Europe and we were in America. 
so now I'm, I have been renovating because I had time. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we're we starting maybe second half of the year again. Uh, Kai is coming. So come Kai down German, in German October. Medium. Yeah, Kai Müge. Mm -hmm. He is coming in October. We had Michael Shane. He is an American apportation medium. We just had him here. Um, so that's a medium that that where things materialize. Is that what's an apportation medium? Yes, uh, he um, apports for his mouth. While um, Kai materialized for his mouth, his ears, his nose, his eyes, his hands, the palm of his hands. Right. Which which but is you know for people to do. When you say he materializes through his eyes, what do you mean? Something falls out of his eyes? Stones come out of his eyes. I have seen 20 stones come, just fall out of his eyes. Right. And so what's the... I'm not an eye person. <laughs> what's the purpose of that? What do the, what do the spirits say is the, the, the purpose of those kind of exercises? Uh, basically to stretch our possibilities, our understanding. People go, oh, you know, it's dark and you say there's somebody walking around. Well, I can't see where all the sitters are sitting. You know, if you want to talk it away, they yeah. will work that way. And But you see, like, if somebody sits in front of you in good red light and stones falling out of his ears and out of his eyes, not one or two stones you could have maybe put in there. No. Like the rain out of his eyes, yeah. Uh, it is for people. Go. I have seen it so many times. People go, "Oh my God, what is that?" And then Hans will say, "This medium's form is just a portal for us. It's just a portal. We can bring out any orifice. We can bring what we want to bring into your world." So, say Kai will say. Hold you, somebody sit in front of him on the floor, look up, then check the arm. He has no shirt on anyway. Check the arm, check the hand, check between the hands everywhere. Now watch it. And while you watch the hand, it forms a cloud under the hand mm -hmm. and then a port folds out into person's hand. And Hans will go, this is a gift from my world to yours. It's not about value. It's not about, I mean, a lot of them are gemstones, but it's not about that. Stretching what is yeah. possible. Yeah. And it's not as frightening as some things you might experience in the dark. Yeah. They're all steps for people to, um, yeah. To experience like people say ectoplasm there were a time they were say you can't touch ectoplasm if it is built in a certain way yes so i sit next to kai and kai brings out ectoplasm from his mouth and it is like like a huge curtain it is just coming and i'm sitting next to him watching it so then his communicator who has entranced kai picks up all this ectoplasm and puts it all over me. <laughs> Is it cold? And it no, cold? it wasn't cold. Okay. It was really dry. 
like a scour, you know, but it was moving and it made it so itchy. All I want to take it off. So I'm sitting there and now I can't move. I can't touch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> People will go, wasn't that amazing? I go, no, actually it was horrible. I just wanted it off. It was just scratching me and it was just moving over me. All they were showing, it's a life force. It has its own life. It's not just a curtain, you know. So, yeah, there's many. And people then, when they see that, they go, oh, my God, it came out of him. Why does that move? Why does that have life? Where does it come from? So people ask questions, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And, you know, Such think, a good world. It, it is. It's, a, <laughs> it's an amazing thing. And I'm actually thinking, I think we'll leave it here for today, but I actually think it's the sort of thing that I might... Um, uh, you know, come maybe some, to some more of your online sessions and, and just check out more about your work and then maybe have some more questions and yeah. come back because yeah. um, it's a no huge worries. topic. It is a huge topic. It is. Can I just tell you my best experience ever? Yeah, for sure. I went to a gentleman called Bill Meadows in England and I went to a circle and there were only eight of us because the seance room is so small. And there is a gentleman called Jonathan. And Jonathan said to me, um, can I dance with you? I go, So yeah, was Jonas, right. Jonathan was a communicator or a physical person? Yeah, communicator, a communicator. Yeah. So somebody grabs my hands and pulls me up, right, and moves me around like dancing. So then he goes, thank you very much, puts me back to my chair, and I sit down and I go, Wow, that was awesome. And the two ladies next to me who had their shoulders on my shoulders go, what was awesome? I go, I just danced with Jonathan. Did you not hear it? And they go, no, you must have been dreaming because you never left that chair. And then Jonathan goes, what about we use your etheric? And I go, wow, that's interesting. And then he said, let me blow your mind a bit more. Watch this. And there is a, a piece of wood with luminous paint, yeah? So can and I it just, goes just, through just, the wood. So with the dance, basically you were having an out-of-body experience, yes? Is that what you're saying? It was your... But for me it was so real. Yes. I yes. missed that bit. Of course. I totally missed that bit. Yeah. And so um, there was this plaque. And it was going through the room and it has light on the top, yeah? So you can see. And we're all looking at it and we're all going, what is on that plaque? And it was a head building. I know it sounds terrible, a, a head what, on a plaque. A what plaque. building? A head. A oh, man's a head. head. A head was shaping, yep, okay. And, and uh, the girl goes to me, a, a head on a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. I go, yes, it is, but it's awesome. So he goes to me, Inge, come, come forward. Do you want to touch my face? And I go, oh, yeah, okay. So I touch his face like this. With it's really hands. warm. Yeah, with both hands. It's really warm. His head, he has a full head of hair. The medium has no hair. Um. I can feel his breath and it's like mountain air, like so fresh. 
His eyes were sparkling. And he was laughing. He goes, feel my eyes. I go, oh, my God, you got wrinkles. He goes, yeah, no, don't tell anyone. <laughs> and it was the best experience ever. It was mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. It was just, he was so, so real. There was no difference to, to, yeah, to any other person, you know, and he, except he looked maybe 30 years younger than the medium. And, you know, yeah, the medium is not a young man. He's 80. So, but it was just like, just so cool. Yeah. So cool. So everyone could have a go. Everybody had to go. <laughs> that was so cool. I loved it. Yeah. No, I mean, he's really seems to have sparked so much joy for you, right? These experiences. Yes. It yeah. just can't wait always for the next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm for this work. It's really gotten me, you know, I've, like I said, mediumship has kind of floated around. It's never been a big focus. Um, mm. I'm really intrigued now, really curious to, you know, hopefully get a chance to experience one of those physical mediumship sessions sometimes so oh you will yeah <laughs> you will yeah yeah i believe so too yeah all righty well thank you thank you i really hope you got some value out of today's episode if you did why not leave a positive review on itunes and share it on social media to help others find it the tune Seeing Us Out is another one from Axel Tesliff. This one is called Akasha. You can find more information about today's guest on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com, including any links to their work and their contact details. On my website, you'll also find my blog and information and reviews about my book, Multidimensional Evolution which you can purchase in any good bookstore if you want to show your love for this show and get practical info for your own exploration of consciousness. Finally, please get in touch, whether it is to ask questions, share experiences, or suggest guests and topics. I always love hearing from people, as I believe it is through sharing with each other that we can all grow together. Until then, or until you tune in again, I am sending you my very best energies. <laughs>